This is Reverend Chuck Blair. Welcome to our weekly podcast on New Church Live. So today, you know, as we start services is this, is, is we like to do something to kind of get things, get things going and get people talking. So I'm going to start with this picture up here. And the picture says, I wish that I will have magic powers. A number of weeks ago, a large number of New Church Live folks worked with a beautiful, beautiful nonprofit called Angels in Motion that works with the homeless and addicted down in the Kensington section of Philadelphia. That group decided to take over a park, which is no small thing, because usually kids are pretty afraid of the park in those areas because there's a lot of stuff happening there that shouldn't be happening. But they decided to have a beautiful invasion and to take it over and to have arts and crafts and gifts and uh, some sausage that a New Church Live member actually donated. And then the kids got to put up on a wall a wish, a wish list. And this was this child's wish. I wish that I will have magic powers. And I think we can all th- start from that point. Yeah, what's the magic powers we wish that we had? So that's going to be your opening question here. It's going to be this, which is if you had, if you had magic powers... What magic powers would you wish for? All right? So please, like, get a little stand up. Get a little stretch. And please share with those around you. Online audience can text it into me. Please share. What magic power, if you could have one, would you have? Go ahead. Please be seated as we go ahead and get started here today. So that's, that's fun to hear. And it's fun to hear about magic powers and accentuating the positive. And, you know, can't you start to feel that in your heart? Like, like what life could actually be? And, and, and maybe, you know, uh, you know, it's fun to think about magic powers. Mine, I would love to fly or to be able to dunk a basketball. Uh, I'm not sure if any of you share those. But it's, it's fun to consider, yeah, what would that be like to have magic powers? And I, I think as we look at this last chapter of the book of James, we get to talk about some magic. But it's magic that happens in a very different way. Uh, folks, I mentioned a little piece of magic, like last week, beautiful church service, wonderful being able to share together in community, watch people connect. And then I go over to the office, and I'm, as I said, you know, I'm seeing 20-something to 80-something all together around a table, sharing a meal and meaningful conversation. That's magic. That's magic. And then another group goes down. Another group goes down to Ronald McDonald House. That's magic. And then we go down to St. Francis Inn. Could I tell you a little funny story from St. Francis Inn? All right. A little funny story from St. Francis Inn. There's a whole bunch of high school students there and uh, from, a, from, a, from a school up in New Jersey. 
Um, I'm helping to put food away. I go into the walk-in refrigerator and there's a boyfriend and a girlfriend in there smooching. <laughs> and they start laughing and they're going, we're just inspecting the food. And, and so I turn away and I walk out, I go, inspect some more. You know, and, it's, and, and that's, what's, that's what's wonderful, right? That, that human peace, just that humanity that we share and the connectedness that we can all share. And, and James talks about that. And he also calls us to task on a lot of stuff. Like, here's this place where we want to be, where we can feel the magic, and here's all these areas where we struggle. And, and James is very, very direct in, in his letter here. He says, look, you know, these, you need to pay attention to these things. Now, we have a lot of first-time people. And what's the context that this conversation takes place? Well, the context is this. James was Christ's brother. This particular book is written about 17, 18 years after Christ had died and was resurrected. And James is writing to a small church. Again, at that time, they were called The Way. And, and this is a church that's struggling. They've obviously got, they're obviously doing a lot of fighting against each other. And the first thing that James does, he said, look, you're so focused on fighting against each other. I'm not going to come in and say this side is right and this side's wrong. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to remind you, there's what we fight against. And those of you who've been here for a couple of weeks, you can say it loud so the first time attendees hear it. There's what we fight against. We need to shift to what we're fighting for. We need to shift to what we're fighting for. And then he goes on and he, he, he goes on and says, okay, but, but you know, there will be times where you'll be tempted to turn back. But you need to see your proper place in all these conversations. You need to get that you have responsibility. That you have responsibility. And then he goes on, see who remembers this. Then he goes on and he says, you know what you really need to remember? You need to remember you are nothing but missed. Can we all say missed together? Missed. And it's it's easy, right, if if you're thinking about that to think missed. Like, what is he talking about? Like, missed. I'm more than missed. And he's... You have to remember, this is a dry culture, so, you know, mist is a beautiful thing. You know, you walk out on a misty, foggy morning out in the desert, it would have been considered beautiful, life-giving even. And we talked about how for most of us, we don't want to be armed with mist, we want to be armed with Lysol. We want to disinfect everybody else. And you think about the two groups that were warring with each other, I'm sure that's exactly what they wanted to do. And yet it's really about just being that gentle, that gentle, life-giving presence of mist. Lysol is about being right. Mist is about being loving. Which would you rather be, right or loving? Yeah. And yet, yeah, somebody was honest there. You know, it, it is this journey as we learn to be deeply loving. So now we're going to pick back up the story. This is from James chapter 5. And this is the last book of James. Again, it's a very short read. If you want to read it at home, it's, it's easy. You could do it in an hour or so. And, and take a look at what he has to say here. There's, there's a brilliance here, and there's a discovery of magic. So let's take a look at what he has to say. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Let them pray. And think about this second one with the song we just sang. Is anyone happy? Let them sing. Sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with water, oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. And here, folks, you know, here it's important to remember there's a difference between curing and healing. 
you know, I am not a faith healer. You know, I, I, don't, I don't come in, I, I, you know, that's not what we believe in this denomination. But we do believe there is a kind of healing that can take place. That's the healing of our souls. We pray around those who are struggling, that, that it both helps to heal our soul and to heal theirs, even though we may not be able to cure a, a particular thing. And then he goes on to say, Therefore, confess your sins. This word's really important. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. There's some real interesting parts here, right? Like these lines are really interesting. So here is this, these groups and they're, they're fighting together. Right? And he says, first you need to remember what you're fighting for. And I'm going to come back to this in just a second. So if we could hold that up there on the screen. Fighting against, and then we get to fighting for. We need to remember what we're fighting for. And then he goes so far as to say this. He says, look, you can do this. You can do this. And you ready? If you want to be varsity, <laughs> you want to be varsity, you can do this. Unimaginable. What is this guy talking about? I mean, we're all in these relationships. Like, you have one of these relationships right now, I'm sure. You might have brought them to church. You know, where, where it just, it's just like this, and, and maybe it's work. I don't know. Maybe it's, maybe it's an, another nonprofit you're working with. We certainly never have this at New Church Life. I, you know, I, I don't know where it is, but, but I guarantee you have it somewhere. And maybe you have some times that you can actually shift where you can both sort of call a truce, Right? A truce where you both agree, look, we're going to stop fighting because there's a bigger picture here. That's good. And now he says, I got something better. I got this. I got this. How do you do that? Well, here he's really direct with, I mean, this is just out and out like this is how you do it. You learn to confess your sins to each other. Now that's important because I am very willing to confess everyone else's sins. I'm great at confessing your sins. But am I going to reposition my own vulnerability in a way that I can actually confess mine? And folks, look at the context. Don't lose the context here. Confess your weaknesses, not just to your family or your wife or your husband or your partner. They already know them. But to be able to confess it with the person who you're most at odds with. That's powerful. Then he goes on to say, and pray for each other. Confess sins to each other. Pray for each other. And then notice what he says. He says, who will be healed here? You will be healed. You know, we get so caught into, yeah, you know what? This is happening and this is happening. And even here, I got to be honest. I subtly believe my job really is to change this person. My job really is to bring them around. It's not what he's saying. He's saying if, if you can be honest about where you come up short and you can ask the other person, look, in a meaningful way, like, what can I pray for for you? That that's where the healing comes and that's where the hands, the hands start to do this in ways that are just a miracle. Now, I'm not going to tell you what the miracle is. I want you folks to tell me. We have a very, very bright audience here. And so what I want you to do is I want you to answer this question here. What kind of magic powers might come out of this ancient Christian practice? Therefore, confess your sins to each other, 
pray for each other that you may be healed. So, so what, what's the magic that could happen if in our communities we really got good at being honest about where we, where we came up short? And number two, we really worked at praying for each other. Honest about where we came up short. And, and again, really, really willing to pray for each other. Not from our agenda, but from God's agenda and from their agenda. What are the magic powers you think could be released with that? Please take 60 seconds, share that with a neighbor. You can text it in to me as well. Go ahead and share. All right, folks. Let's see what the studio audience came up with. You know, somebody said, and it's really true, is is peace is so much part of it. Maybe that's an overriding one. Uh, Listen to this. A fabric so strong it could withstand all adversity. Love is everything. And I was talking with somebody who was saying, yeah, you know what it is? It's so easy in our grief and and as as we trip up to like isolate ourselves. And here's something that's pulling us far away from this. Forgiveness. Forgiveness. Uh, intentional community building, heaven, acceptance, relief of conflict, just that relief, like, oh, I can breathe. Mutual focus on the mission, peace, love, and understanding. There'd be no famine, oh, this is good. There'd be no famine, no war, peace would abound. Power of honesty and truth would overpower people's lies. Peace, yeah, and that whole idea, like, like you know, it just, it just sort of short circuits that whole lie, lie thing. Peace and togetherness, less rush to judgment, especially in the wonderful world of social media. You end up only seeing the God in everyone. Pure love, peace and harmony, peace. The power to bring true peace into the world. Are you guys seeing a theme here? Um, Beautiful stuff out there, right? See, what, what, what this does, folks, is this does start to reorient us in some beautiful ways. Here's one of the reorientations, I think, that comes from it. We often subscribe to a point of view that anyone with an opinion different from ours is, quote, this is from New Church Theology, incapable of salvation. The reality is entirely different. And we do that all the time. And and maybe you don't think of it like in cosmic sense, like somebody who disagrees with me really is going to go to hell. But how many times do the people who you disagree with, you say in your mind, like, they could just go to hell? (laughs) Right? Guilty, raise your hands. You know, we do. Right? So don't tell me you don't do that. You do. I do. You know, it, it, it's just, it's an entirely different reality that, that all of us have this point of view and, and God's leading all of us. And another shift, this is another beautiful sort of way to hold new church theology. Sin, when chosen over time, hardens into a lower love, kind of calcifies. And when we can actually do this practice, what happens is that, that this, the love kind of breaks open. We break through that stuckness. And all of a sudden, we start to see people and appreciate people. What someone said, we start to see God everywhere in everyone. And then this is what begins to happen as well. I'm going to have you say the W word at the very end. We reposition ourselves to hear and be heard around the the whole. You know, around the whole person. Like, how many, I, I just, for me, you know, I love to be seen as a whole person. I was at a, at a wedding a few weeks ago, and I, you know, I was there in a suit, you know, and, and somebody came up to me, and they're there, you must be the minister. And I'm there, yeah, how did you know? And they're like, you look very spiritual. I'm like, oh, you have no idea how insulting that is. Don't ever say that again. So I took my tie off. Um, you know, it's, it's, 
you know, you've probably all had that, right? Where somebody says, oh, you're just so this, or oh, you have this, or this. You know, it's like, no, I want, I want to be seen as a rounded person, blessed and broken. Because if I only get seen a certain way, oh. Dorothy Day had this beautiful quote, and I've, I've said it before, but it's so beautiful. She said, don't call me a saint. I don't want to be dismissed that easily. Think about that, Right? Very dismissive when we don't see people in the hole. And, and that goes the other way too. When all we see is someone as a broken thing, that's equally as dismissive. And there's a way when, we, when we're able to confess and pray, there's a way we're really able to see life in a, in a much broader, broader way. We reposition ourselves around the hole. But there's a challenge with doing this. There's a challenge because, because to, to really be upfront about where we're weak and really be able to be vulnerable about prayers, it's, it's very hard to reposition our vulnerability that way. So I, I want to, we're going to sort of do a little bridge here in the middle of the service. It's a little different. We're going to be doing the bucket song here in a minute. An amazing, amazing song about the river. They, it, they did it last week. They did, band did such a great job. I said, oh, can you guys please repeat that song again? So they're going to. Beautiful song. And what I would ask is this, is Clay McQueen, Clay, if you could raise your hand, uh, the buckets are going to be coming along, and, and that's how we do offertory here at New Church Live. We, we need your support, so we do offertory in the middle of the service. But you also have a chance to do, do a different kind of offering as well, which is, which is to offer a prayer, something that you feel you would like us to pray for for you. And we've done these a lot. We haven't really done one publicly. So, so what I'm going to ask you to do, if we could have about 10 or 15 people, maybe even 20, who'd be willing to write one down, and please write it legibly, and then don't put your name on it. And then when we come back after the song, we're going to actually pick one of those cards and read it out loud. And we're going to talk about the kind of impact that it makes. And you're going to see a lot of what you folks said, uh, said here in these text messages. A lot of it, you're just going to get to feel what that feels like and to feel the power in that when we learn to be that kind of honest. So that's what you're welcome to do. You can raise your hand now. Clay will be around. The buckets will be around. And you will definitely enjoy this next song. So as the band comes out, be thinking about, you know, how, how is it? How is it that we can reposition vulnerability, be willing when we come back to hear and to feel what that is like when that vulnerability actually does get repositioned. And then we're going to end up by talking about, yeah, when we reposition vulnerability, the blessing, the real blessing that can be this thing. No longer this. No longer even this, but now, blessedly, this. That, that, that kind of energy, right? That kind of energy, that kind of energy. And, and that's what he's talking about. This is what James is talking about releasing. When we release that, we end up with this. We start to create an inner constancy of purpose, an inner constancy of purpose. When that river really starts to flow, there's a constancy to it. And it's, and it's a purpose where we're much more, much, much more concerned about being in right relationship than about being right. I mean, that's just standard Christianity that I think we need reminded of again and again. So what I want you folks to do is I want you folks to hear these prayers, right? And what I want you to do is, is I want you to kind of like just clear your brain for a minute. Clear your brain. Okay. And, and there's two parts of our life in, in the new church. There's, there's the true self and the false self. I like the word core and noise. 
there's, there's that part of us that is deeply within, that is loving, that is caring. There's the other part where our fears and prejudices and worries reside. I want you to listen from your heart. And I want you to notice the impact that these have when you start to hear other people's prayers. I'm going to read a couple of these. Thanks for healing. Praying for becoming more humble and praying for the nation. Turning from hubris and exceptionalism to faith and security in God. Pray for my housing stability. That's a good one. Pray for the restoration of the, well, this is beautiful. Pray for the restoration of the sweetness of my marriage. For the remembrance of love and the gratitude of all that comes with it. Please pray to be a bridge in my nephew's relationships by example in my own marriage. All right, now let's shift it to one step deeper. So now, now you've heard it. Now I want you to pray it, okay? This is really corny. Sorry, fold your hands. Fold your hands and just, just, just listen and think of these prayerfully. Like you've listened with your ears, you've worked to listen to your heart, now listen to these prayerfully. Pray that sea turtles won't go extinct. Pray for non-judgmental acceptance, meeting others just where they are. Pray for those suffering from fear of the unknown. Pray for, pray for all the cancer from all the children in the world. Please, please pray for the healing of my daughter from heroin addiction. Pray for my son who's struggling with addiction and has slipped again. Pray for my husband and his family that they feel the peace of God with them. Pray for a smooth transition and beginning a new journey filled with mutual respect and acceptance. Please pray for our addictions to be removed and our marriage to shine through and make it. That's beautiful. Peace on earth, no violence. Pray for a peaceful family life and a new home. Pray for my heart to stop and may become more useful to the Lord. Those are beautiful, folks. And that, that prayer part, you know, we can, we can live into that. That's sort of what prayer and confession, like you can sense that. And, and notice how it starts to change you. You know, I'm sure a lot of you, you know, you, you wrote stuff down and it was a little like, oh, I, you know, should I write it down? First off, just raising your hand is courageous. Probably a lot of you are like, I don't know whether I want to raise my hand. I don't know whether I want to write a prayer. I don't know whether I want to hear it read or not. Yeah, you know, it's, it's uncomfortable, right? But, but when we do start to do that, it's, it's kind of, it's this returning to ourselves. It's, it's this bringing back in, as, as we listen to this, folks, as we reposition vulnerability. That's exactly, that is a cup full of repositioned vulnerability right there. And you see, there's magic there. There's magic when we start to do that. And we can, we can practice this all the time, this, this kind of this basic prayerful. Like sometimes this week, you're going to get an email and your face is going to look like this person's face when you get the email. Right? Well, here's a simple one. 
Like what we tend to do is if you're like me and I get that email, I go instantly to DEFCON 4. I type out an email and then I get ready to hit the nuclear launch button and I have the codes. Instead, try this. Just try this. You type out that email and then stop. Confess and pray. God, what part in this did I play? Is there something that I need to be accountable for? Is there something else that I can prayerfully look at, change, shift with this? Give me your eyes to see, give me your ears to hear, and just for a minute, try to sit in the other person's space, try to sit in their space and think as they think. Try to see as they see. And then read your email as they would read it. Not as you would read it. Not about being right. Not about being right. But about something far different. Read it as they would read it. Find that soft edge. And then figure out what to say. I would bet you that the email most times, as we reposition vulnerability there, will change. I really want to drive home how that prayer can really work for us. So so what I want to do is I I want us to say reposition vulnerability, which are big words. I want us to say it twice, but really loud. All right? Ready? Reposition vulnerability. Now I want you to say it so loud my mic hears it and Arizona hears it. Ready? Reposition vulnerability. Reposition vulnerability. You know, it's so important. And, And if you get confused, here's the reposition vulnerability prayer. We can all read that, right? Bless them, change me. Bless them, change me. Bless them, change me. Now, that, that doesn't mean, that doesn't mean that, that, that I'm going to change into them. There may be things that I need to say that may be hard for the other person to say. That's part of being in right relationship, too. But it means I'm really going to be looking at myself. And I'm really going to be wishing them blessing. I mean, folks, just just imagine in that difficult, difficult conversation, in that difficult conversation, the other person is sort of in your grill, so to speak. And you're just very calmly going, Lord, bless them, change me. Bless them. Bless them. Bless them. And change me. Now, now people say all the time, like, well, the prayers really work. Yes! This prayer will work 100% of the time. Because if you bless them, they will be blessed. And in doing that, you will be changed. It'll totally get you out of being right. Bless them, change me. Now, as, as we learn to do that and we learn to reposition vulnerability, miracles can start to happen. Can I show you folks a miracle? I want to show one to you. And this is about a teacher and, their stu- and her students. They do a special song for it. And I want you to think about the repositioning of vulnerability that goes here. This teacher is willing to be vulnerable about what they're wrestling with in their life. And these students willing to confess it, so to speak. 
And these students are willing to offer this incredible prayer. Very interesting way of praying. So you're going to see both those things. You're going to see this wonderful, tender honesty about where somebody is. And you're going to see this incredible, life-giving prayer. And in the end, you're going to see what repositioned vulnerability means, what it can look like, and the magic power that is there. That's a great way to sort of close this series on the, on the book of James. Because you can see, like, we're all in that teacher-student relationship, right? Where it just, it's like this. And then as I know, as a teacher, other teachers would feel the same way. You know, it's a lot of work to kind of do this. And then if we can allow ourselves to reposition our vulnerability, this is what happens. This is a teacher who was willing to share with her students her breast cancer diagnosis. And you can see the student's reaction. You know, you can see this happening so much. You can see that as a prayer. You can see that as what love actually looks like in action. We can see a movement, and I think that's exactly what James is talking about. And that's what Christianity, these original Christians, that was so much what what drew them to the way. Again, way that shared well beyond Christianity, but but a beautiful beautiful perspective. So let's go out, not just of this service, but out of this series. Yes, aware of this, aware of this, aware of misting when we feel ourselves turning back, but but continuing to try, continuing to try to learn to do this. Especially in those relationships where it feels like this is all but impossible. I think that's exactly where Christ is speaking. And the beautiful thing is you can do it. God's given you the strength. He's given you the vision. I hear the sniffles. He's given you the tears. He's given you the smiles. He's given you you. Your gift. Out there into a world that so much needs it. And we're going to close here with a prayer. And I bet you can't imagine what song we're closing on. So I'm going to say a prayer, and again, you just welcome me to stay in your seats for the prayer. And if you would like to stand for the last song, you're welcome to. We're going to be doing that same song. Rebecca's going to be doing her incredible version of it. Very meaningful. Whew. I'd ask you please to join me in prayer as we close today's service. Lord, thank you for your presence here among us today. Thank you for this series, Lord. Thank you for this wonderful book that we can look at and pull lessons out of for our very lives. Not just our lives, Lord, out there, but our lives in here. Those deepest of deepest prayers, Lord, and allow us to live that prayer of vulnerability, of repositioned vulnerability, the simple prayer. Bless them, Lord, change me. Bless them, Lord. Guide their paths. Give light to their paths. Stir their hearts with love and kindness, Lord. Help them knowing that some people, Lord, are in pain. And Lord, in some way, allow them to know that we are praying for them. And Lord, change me. Change us. No small thing there, Lord. Change us, Lord. Change us into your image and likeness. Change us, Lord, into becoming better and better vessels for your love and your wisdom to flow into and to flow through. Change us, Lord, into your hands 
into your feet, into your eyes, into your ears, lived out there into the world as humbly and as faultingly as we can. Our best selves offered up to you and to others in the spirit of sacrifice. Help us, Lord, after this prayer to sing this song and to think about those in this congregation and those in our lives who we can really love through it. I'm going to love you through it. Lord, that is what you say to us again and again. I'm going to love you through it. And Lord, allow us to echo those words back up to you and back out to others. Be with this congregation, Lord, with those who are struggling, those who are in pain. Breathe into us all hope. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. You can support this podcast at www.newchurchlive.tv. 